Vampires and Slayers, this is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is, every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date. Which means today we're talking about New Moon Rising. So, um, just a little bit of, like, scene setting. How many candles do I have today? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven... How many of them are real flames? Six. How many of them are not lit yet? One. <laughs> you like that for some hell math? Um, so I am going to, um, I don't know if I'll start doing this every week or not, but I, I use spell candles when I'm doing readings for people, when I'm doing tarot readings for people on my Etsy shop. Um, which is called Mixtress Tarot, by the way. If you want a reading, all of my readings are still 50% off for the next week. And then I think I'm going back to work next Monday. So I might have to like make them regular price at that point because I won't have as much time to do readings. But I always do a spell candle for people during readings. And since spell candles only burn for like an hour and a half anyway, I might as well start doing a spell candle for our podcast since I end up recording them at night always right? Yeah, let's do it. So um, I'm going to light this spell candle with um, the intention of, I don't know, having a good podcast episode. <laughs> We're just bringing some magic into the podcast world. Let's see if I can light a match with one hand here. In perfect love and perfect trust, because I get all of my... Um, witchy spell wording from the craft. Okay. <laughs> Where am I going to put this match? Uh, I don't have my little ashtray thing in here right now. Okay, there we go. All right, guys. Um, listen to this hilarious description of this episode in the Bite Me episode guide. It's always short and sweet, but this one is next level. Willow has a difficult decision to make about her relationship with Tara when Oz suddenly reappears in Sunnydale. I mean, that's it, really. Like, what else is there to talk about? Okay, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so I'm being slightly classier today in, in that my beverage of choice, instead of being like a LaCroix or a beer, is just straight up water. I'm drinking straight up water don't think that just because I'm drinking water that I'm not going to take a shot because let's go ahead and get started in perfect love and perfect trust. Let me clink for you. Yeah. Okay. So the episode opens with, um, is there any other business we need to take care of before I start talking about the episode? Um, I don't think so. Do I have anything to tell you guys? <laughs> Sometimes my mom, whenever we're hanging out with my grandparents, um, she'll say, do you guys have anything you need to tell us? 
Because <laughs> my grandpa will inevitably, I don't, you know, he's, I kind of, I got my klutziness from him. And every once in a while, like, you know, he rides a ladder down, you know, is the wording that he puts it. And he will just like sort of not bring it up. <laughs> Do you have anything you need to tell us? Do I have anything I need to tell you? Um, I don't think so. Um, just chugging along in quarantines. Um, the public library where I work is probably, I think the plan is that we're going to open back up on May 11th in some capacity, like we're going to be curbside or something. I don't, I don't know exactly how it's going to work yet. Um, but it's so soon I will be going back to work, which is like, I'm excited because I do derive meaning in my life from being a public servant. So I'm excited to go back and I'm excited to, you know, bring people their books again and that kind of stuff. But I'm also nervous, um, because, you know, this is the longest I've gone not working at the library since, since I didn't work there, which was over 15 years ago. You know, I've had vacations, but the longest I've ever been away from the library is like three weeks. Um, and even then, I don't think I've been away this long. And like, we, we don't ever like, we have like, we're closed for some holidays, you know, but like, this is unprecedented amount of time. I don't think the library has been closed for, I mean, by the time we reopen, it will be like a month and a half. And I don't think we've ever been closed that long. Um, like ever in my lifetime or before. Um, so it's just crazy, but you know, we've libraries have always been I guess this is a library life chat rant. Sorry about that, guys. I, I know you're not here for that, but um, libraries have always been very willing to adapt to usually like technological advances is what we're normally adapting to, but we've always been willing to adapt. And um, yeah, uh, so we will do so in this era as well. And like, I feel like I don't have it in me to like really rally and pull myself together in order to, <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, when I, when I say I don't feel like I have it in me, just like until I'm doing it, I, I won't feel like I'm ready. But once I start doing it, I, I imagine I'm going to have some emotional moments where I'm just going to like, I'm probably going to like be bringing books to like an old lady's car or something like that. And she's going to be incredibly grateful and I'm going to cry. You know, I feel like that moment is coming and I'm sort of like excited about it, but scared of it at the same time, you know, I'm having a very Jesse Spano moment. <laughs> I will be like, there will be a lot of ups and downs of my emotions. Um, I mean, I guess I can talk more about that because I will be, much more in the throes of those emotions um, next week whenever I talk to you guys because I will just be two days out from going back to work most likely. I still don't know my schedule, but usually I work on Mondays. So if we're going back on the 11th, I'll probably be going back on the 11th. So anyway, that's what's going on with me. Um, I'm still just hanging out, doing my tarot readings um, for people as much as possible. Um, I don't have a giveaway going this week. I I postponed it because I hadn't 
heard from the person that won the last giveaway yet, but I have now heard from her and I have now done my reading for her. So um, maybe I should do another one. Maybe I should set up another one. Yeah, I probably should, right? So if you guys are interested, check out my Instagram, Mixtress Ray. I probably have a giveaway up on there, unless for some weird reason I didn't put it up. But um, yeah, anyway, so you can enter it if you want. Okay, let's talk about this episode. First of all, I am sitting in a tiny closet with a bunch of candles and it's like 70 degrees outside and I have not turned the air on yet. So I might, I don't think I'm going to turn my fan. The fan is just too loud, so I don't think I can do it. So I'm going to suck it up, but just know that I am sweating. <laughs> okay. Um... So this is an emotion, a pretty emotional episode written by Marty Noxon, of course, because who else? She loves to make you cry. Um, so let's get into it, I guess. Um, this is a good one because it's, it's a good character driven episode. Um, so it's nice to get that on Buffy again, you know, like superstar and the stupid sex frat house episode from last week. It's just, it's nice to have a good quality character driven Buffy episode. I mean, that's the reason that I like Buffy is because of the characters. So, um, it's good to be there. Uh, okay. Let's get into my notes. New moon rising. Tara wants to get a cat with Willow. So this is cute. Just like a little scene at the very beginning where Tara is talking about, she was thinking about getting a cat and she wants to know if if Willow likes cats, if she's allergic, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, not like they're getting a cat together, but, but Tara wants to make sure that Willow's cool with Tara having a cat because she wants her room to be Willow friendly. And it's very sweet. Um, and they're on their way to a Scooby meeting at Giles's house. And they're, they're acting kind of strange about it. Like, as if this is Tara's first time at a Scooby meeting, which we've seen her at the last, like, two or three of them. Like, she's just sort of been there without any question. Um, I mean, it's still new. Like, she's only been to, like, a couple of them, but she's been there. Like, everyone has kind of accepted that Tara's, Tara's in the fold now, you know? Um, so it's kind of weird that, like, Willow's Willow's just sitting there next to Tara, like translating for her different things. Like when they say something, she's like, that means blah, blah, blah. That means blah, blah, blah. And Tara's just kind of, um, just kind of like politely nodding and shit. <laughs> and Willow's like, oh, I'm overhelping, aren't I? Sorry. Um, so it's cute to like acknowledge the fact that Tara's here and she, you know, she's still new, but I think that was just kind of not needed. I mean, that little moment could have happened on one of the previous episodes that Tara was having her first meeting with the Scoobies, you know? I hate calling them the Scoobies, but I've just never been, like, the whole Scooby-Doo thing is just too much for me. <laughs> so I don't like referring to them as the Scoobies, but since that's sort of, like, a thing, and yeah. Sorry, I'm not trying to be, like, disparaging towards anyone that likes Scooby-Doo or anything. Most people think that whole thing is cute, so I should just shut up, right? Can't stop messing with this match. Okay. Um, da, da, da. 
And then, okay, so they're at Giles' house and they're talking about, basically Giles is like, well, nothing's really going on. And Riley's like, well, lots of shit's going on with us, so I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, they're just basically like, they have to talk about Adam at some point, since he is the big bad of this season, even though he's not that bad. Um, Because, you know, he's not as menacing at all, even close as you-know-who. Professor Walsh, who was supposed to be the big bad of the season. Um, so the meeting's kind of ending, and Anya's like, boring. And Giles is like, look, I've been doing this a lot longer than you. And, blah, 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 blah. and then Oz walks in. And, um, oh, if you're on Giles' prop notice, in this scene, he poured a, a small bowl of pretzels for everyone and, like, offered them to each person, and no one took one. <laughs> So then he sat down and started eating pretzels by himself. Aww. So Oz just sort of walks in and to Giles' house. Because everyone just walks into Giles' house without knocking. It's just like a thing. Um, and he just walks in and, like, everyone sort of, like, turns to Willow for how to react. And um, Tara just sort of like freaks a little bit. She's like, oh shit, it's Oz. It's Oz. So so we know that she knows about Oz. So Willow has at least told her about him. Because as soon as somebody like recognizes him and goes, Oz, she's like, Oz. And she's, Amber Benson's such a great actress. Like you can tell immediately like, Oz. Oh, Oz. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then she just sort of like, excuses herself um does she do that before no I, I don't think she does that while Oz is there I don't think he notices like the like crazy exit no I don't think so um so everybody's just sort of like picking up on the vibes because Willow just is kind of in shock like she doesn't when you know a month ago Willow would have just like ran into his arms and hugged him and like that would have been it. I mean, there would have been some stuff that they needed to talk out, of course, but overall she would have just ran to hug him. But instead she's just kind of like, uh, she's sort of frozen. And Buffy immediately like picks up on Willow's like being uncomfortable and kind of hesitant. And she, what did she say? She says something, I didn't write it down, but she's just sort of like, are you here to stay or are you just passing through? You know, like, she's a little bitchy, but it's it's cute, like, best friend defensiveness bitchy. And I love those little moments when you actually see Buffy, like, being emotionally intelligent and empathetic and noticing that something is going on that doesn't involve her. You know, like, when she's actually being a friend to Willow in some way, it's sweet. Because it doesn't happen that often. Usually everything's just all about her all the time. So it's just nice to see that every once in a while. Um, do, do, do. after, so Oz just basically says, I'm going to go talk to Devin, see if he knows a place that I can crash, but I'd like to talk later, you know, talking to Will, of course. And she's like, uh, I guess so. And he's like, okay, I'll stop by your house. You know, he doesn't say when, like, is she supposed to wait around all night? <laughs> but anyway, um, after he leaves. Anya's like, everyone's uncomfortable now. <laughs> I love that. 
And that's when Tara just sort of like is like, um, you you should be with your friends. Um, I'll, I'll just go. I I need to get to study group. And she just leaves. She's all awkward and stuttery. Tara's very stuttery in this episode. Um, she's just so nervous and poor thing. Um. Afterwards, you see a scene with Riley and Buffy. They're like patrolling and talking and um he's like what's going on like there was some kind of awkwardness right like and then Buffy starts to explain that they kind of had a rough breakup and blah 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 and then she just casually mentions something about Oz being a werewolf and Riley just like flips out and he's like I didn't think Willow was that kind of girl and Buffy's like what kind of girl you know dating dating a dangerous guy blah 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 and Buffy calls Riley a bigot. Like, she gets there real quick. I found that, like, a little too much. Like, yeah, he was reacting in a very black and white way, but he's still a baby demon hunter. You know, like, he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. And for her to immediately go to bigot. But I get the fact that, like, she's, like, one of the the ways that this ties back to Buffy. Because every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer has to tie back into her even if it's mostly not about her like this episode and the thread from her perspective throughout this episode is she's starting to realize she really needs to tell Riley about her past of dating a vampire she needs to let him know that there is nuance <laughs> in vampires um, not most vampires hashtag not all vampires but <laughs> Um, yeah. So she's realizing that she needs to talk to him about that. And so she's overreacting and calling him a bigot because, you know, she, because of this. So that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense that she called him a bigot, but like, I get that she's overreacting and I get why she's overreacting. Marty knows how to fucking write that shit. Um, where are we? And she yells at him, love isn't logical, Riley. Um, and that's, we're still in the credits because that's when I wrote Marty. <laughs> because it, I had just seen the credit written by Marty Noxon. So this episode is written by Marty Noxon, which means you're going to cry. Um, or I am anyway. So Oz shows up, talks to Willow. And she's like, do you want to come in? And he says, actually, I'd like you to come outside. I want to show you something. And he just sort of like is talking to her outside and he just kind of points up at the sky and he's like, look, and it's a full moon and he's not a wolf. And so that's the thing that he has to show her. And this is where like he says, he says a combination of really sweet things and some something that's triggering. So I'll let you know. Let's see. He says, I didn't write the whole thing down, but he says, he like takes her hand and he's, he doesn't take her hand, I don't think, at this point. I don't know, actually. He's, he's reading her body language, though. You can see it happening, that he's reading her body language and she's feeling uncomfortable and she doesn't know how she feels about him being back and blah, blah, blah. And he's reading that and he's, you can see him kind of like, fidgeting with his hands a little bit like he wants to reach out and touch her but he's not doing it um there's a lot of what i'm going to talk about tonight is oz and consent 
he does it right. He pays attention to cues. And he... I, I just love Oz so much. I love Oz so much. I love Tara so much. I honestly, I would be having an even harder time deciding between them if I were Willow right now. But, and I I always say that, like, when I, <laughs> Willow just, like, the two best partners in all of television history are Oz and Tara. And Willow gets to date both of them. She gets to choose which one. I mean, it's the worst choice ever. I mean, talk about Sophie's choice. What about Willow's choice? Okay? <laughs> I know Sophie's choice had something to do with the death of a child. Um, so it's obviously a much harder choice than this. But anyway. Um, okay, so first Oz says, I talked to Xander and he said you didn't have a new guy. Which is kind of sweet that, like, I mean, obviously they're they're putting that in there because Willow's like, yeah, I don't have a new guy, <laughs> you know. But it's kind of sweet that just that he would take the time to do that, that he would just pull Xander aside and talk to him and be like, look, you know, I don't, I don't know what's happened while I've been gone. I know I've put Willow through a lot. Like, he basically, even though, if you remember... Willow cheated on Oz with Xander and yet still Oz will go to Xander and just like have a little talk with him and just like feel it out before he you know comes in too hot with Willow he I think that's so sweet I think that's so sweet and I know that's not the reason why that line is there that reason the reason that line is there is because yeah she doesn't have a new guy but, um, he says, I talked to Xander. He said, you didn't have a new guy. And she's like, no, no new guy. And he says, I know what I put you through and I'm not going to push. So here's where he says the thing that's triggering to me. Um, he says, I can be what you need now. And then he says like, and that's what I want that's why I'm here. So I love how direct he is. Of, of course, like Oz is always very like, he has economy of words and he's very direct and I very much respect that about him. But the thing that is triggering to me is I can be what you need now. Like, I, I totally like, Oz is, he basically just went on a quest and we find out he's been to Tibet and Romania and he's just like searching for answers about who he is and trying to figure out how to contain the wolf within and he basically found a way to like meditate the wolf away or whatever and he did all of that so that he could be with Willow because he interpreted what happened back whenever he cheated on her with Veruca as being him not being able to be with Willow because of the werewolf. And I get it, like, you know, he's young and, like, reconciling his werewolfiness is still something that he's going through. He's still having identity crises surrounding that, even though he's been a werewolf almost since we met him back in season... Was it two? It probably was, right? We met Oz in season two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have, we've definitely known him more than a year. So, 
I guess that makes sense that, like, you know, he'd be reconciling with his identity, whatever. But the fact that he was doing all of that just for Willow, I mean, I guess his quest to Tibet and Romania and wherever the fuck else he went, Mexico, he, those are the three countries that he mentioned over the course of this episode. All of this, like, self-discovery is kind of akin to what, again, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, to what Spike will do for Buffy at the end of season six, whenever he goes to wherever the fuck he went to get his soul back. You know, like, this is akin to that, even though I was going to say what what Oz did wasn't mystical, but he's a fucking werewolf, so of course what he did was mystical. Because <laughs> his whole thing is mystical. But, I mean, basically he did all that for Willow, because he wanted to be what she needed, as he said. And as we'll see, doing something just for someone else isn't enough. And that's, I like that that, that message is kind of like, it's not really, it might not even be what the writers intended to come across, but that is a message that I see that they're putting into this episode. It's kind of an, an undercurrent, um, not super in your face, but it's there. And so they end up going back inside and talking all night. Um, they're on Willow's bed, but they're not like cuddling or anything. And Oz is still, like, paying attention to the signs, and he's, like, you can tell that, like, they they hug because she's super moved. They hugged while they were outside because she was, like, super moved when he was, like, when he revealed that he can be out in the full moon, that he can keep himself from changing. Um, she was so happy that she just lost herself, uh, her guardedness, and she hugged him, and they just had this sweet hug and you can oh, it was so so beautiful because you could see Oz just like the relief just washing over him that and he waited like he might have like grabbed her hand while he was talking to her but he was very respectful of the space that it looked like she definitely needed from her body language and you know she was the one that hugged him and it was it was sweet and then you know you see that the next scene is just like you see that they've been talking all night and and they're like kind of you see their easy you know comfort with each other and everything and um you you can tell just from their body language that like he has been respectful and kept her dis kept his distance and she has she's being very open with him but he's like and that's a big thing for dudes that's a big thing for dude. She's being very like relaxed and comfortable around him at this point. She's seeming pretty relaxed after they've been talking all night. Um, but he's still kind of like keeping his, you can tell just from his, I, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say, but you can just tell by his body language that he is kind of holding himself back. He's sort of preoccupied with like this, like wooden bead situation he's got going on on his wrist. And he's, he's concentrating on making sure that he doesn't like overstep a boundary. And, um, they realize that they've been talking all night and it's morning now. And Willow suggests that they get breakfast. And this is where he just like reaches out to touch her hand. That's like the most moves that he's put on her. Um, 
I don't know why I'm so fixated on this, but I just think, you know, like being a woman that grew up in the 90s, you know, like a dude understanding your subtle hints of what you're and being respectful of your boundaries is just something that I have not experienced often. And to see it in what's essentially a teenage relationship depicted on TV, like, I didn't realize this as it was unfolding. Like, I didn't see this actual season until a couple years after it aired. But to see it unfolding in real time is is so nice. And I hope that this particular relationship, the one between Oz and Willow, I hope that that relationship provided a good example for women and how they felt they should be treated and men on how they should treat women. I hope that that had some effect, even though this is like a side relationship on Buffy, you know, it's like not, it's not a lot of attention was paid to this relationship, but for this being 20 years ago and the entire trajectory of Willow and Oz's relationship was very much about consent. Oz was never, ever, ever going to overstep his bounds. He wasn't going to kiss Willow until he knew that she was really in it because she was in it. You know, he wasn't, he's always been about respecting boundaries and setting clear boundaries. He's always set clear boundaries for himself and he respects boundaries that Willow sets without even actually setting them. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently this entire episode is going to be talking about like the trajectory of Willow and Oz's relationship, which when are we going to talk about it if we're not going to talk about it now? Like, this is where we're going to have to put all of the, we're going to have to funnel all of our closure and all of our discussions about Willow and Oz's relationship into this episode right here. Okay. How many candles, what is your predict prediction? How many candles are going to burn out while we're talking? Um, let's see, only one, two, three, four of them are tea light candles. So those are the, those are the only ones that have a potential to burn out while we're talking. So... I'll let you know by the end <laughs> if you want to make bets how many of the four. Um, none of them were ones that I lit for the first time just now. So it's it's possible all four of them will burn out before we finish talking, depending on how much I babble about Oz and Willow. Okay, where are we? I'm sweating quite a lot now. Okay, I'm not going to turn the fan on because it's going to be too loud. I hope you enjoyed the subtle um, night sounds in the background. I wonder if I can... I can't really open that window anymore. It's not really cool outside, though. Like, even if I stick my hand out the window, it's really not that cool. It's going to be time to turn the air on soon. Okay. I made it to May, so that's not bad. Like, I was kind of refusing to turn the air on in April, but there were only, like, three days in which I even thought about it. Okay. Um, where are we? So they're sitting there and Willow sort of like suggests that they get breakfast because they've just sort of turned around and realized it's morning now. They've been talking all night. And he says, he reaches out and he touches her hand and he says, or we could just stay here, sleep a little while, whatever you want. You know, like he suggests that and he touches her hand and he lets her know that like, I am down for some serious cuddle action right now, but not if you're not ready. 
it's just, oh, I just want to cry. I just want to cry because like, no one, oh, dudes are just never that respectful. Like, sorry, I know. Hashtag not all men. Hopefully it's different now. Hopefully like more dudes are like Oz than not. But that is just so rare in my experience. Um, and then Willow's like, I will actually, um, I'll take the less complicated waffles, please. And he just like, without skipping a beat, like he doesn't, he doesn't give her a whiny face. He doesn't like try to cajole her at all. And of course he doesn't, of course, I mean, this is Oz's character, but I'm just pointing it out that I just was really struck by that, that like, without missing a beat, he's just like, what does he say? Oh, I'm skipping forward a little bit. Let me go back. So when, while they're talking before, like, Willow, like, um, verbalizes the fact that, hey, it's morning, we talked all night. Um, you know, they're talking about he's been to all these different places and he kind of just, like, learned to meditate. And he's got, he takes herbs and he's got charms and, like, there's this whole combination this of things that he does to keep the wolf from coming out. And, you know, it's not lost on me that like this entire conversation, them having this beautiful, long, all night conversation could never have happened before because it was a full moon that particular night. Um, but anyway, he, he says all that and like, Willow's like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Like you've just done so much. You've been all over the world. You've had a complete mind body transformation and I've just been here. And this is another moment where Oz is just the best, where he just says, what does he say? Um, she's like, I'm, I've just been here. I've just been in Sunnydale. And Oz says, it doesn't mean you haven't been through a lot. And she says, and she reacts with, yeah, I have been through a lot. And she starts, and another thing is just like, Willow kind of takes a bit of time throughout this episode of like, she doesn't know how she feels and she takes a little bit of time sorting through her feelings to to tell him something it takes her a little bit of time to get a sentence out and he does not jump in and interrupt her of course he doesn't he's oz but think about how rare that actually is that a woman takes a minute to sort through her feelings and a guy actually waits for her to sort it the fuck out you know <sighs> Apparently I'm sorting through some relationship angst. Like the thing about like Oz and Willow for me is like, how come she got an Oz in high school? I didn't get a fucking Oz in high school. You know, I got assholes that were awful to me in high school. And most of my friends, same thing. None of us got a fucking Oz. I'm just jealous. Okay, let's move forward. <laughs> so... What does he say? Da, 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 da. Or we could just sleep a little while. Okay, I didn't write down what he said, but basically she just, you know, she said, I'll take the less complicated waffles, please. And he's like, okay, let's go. And she says she needs to go freshen up. So she goes like to brush her teeth in the bathroom or whatever. And while she's gone, Oz is just sitting there on her bed and Tara comes to the door and knocks and he is, you know, super chill and cool with her. Like, of course she's like, Oh my God, uh, I'll come back later. Uh, you know, and Oz is like, do you want to come in? She, she just went to the bathroom really quick. She'll be right back. And are you sure you don't want to stay? You know, he's very sweet to her. 
Like, although they don't exchange names, like, she just doesn't offer it. Um, but she just, like, freaks out and leaves. And then Willow comes back and Oz tells her immediately, like, your friend was here, the blonde girl. She, she wouldn't stay. And you can see Willow just sort of, like, reacting like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, but anyway, that's, I don't know why I'm telling you every single detail of the episode, because you probably watched it. Okay. Um, then the next scene is, like, Buffy and Riley waking up together. They're at his place. They're always at his place, which I guess makes sense. Like, of course, she would be giving Willow and Oz space to talk all night, you know. Like, probably the only reason why she was even staying with Riley that night was so she could give Willow time to be with Oz and figure out that whole thing. Um, because she was mad at him <laughs> after the whole bigot comment. Um, so they wake up together and he starts doing push-ups and Buffy's all like, great, you're super regimented push-ups and then you can eat your Wheaties and call your mother. And he's like, whoa, what is up? And um, let's see, what did I write about that? Oh, I wrote, Buffy's wearing green vinyl pants and one of Riley's like oversized button-up shirts. It's white instead of blue, but this is almost the exact outfit that Faith was wearing when she was in Buffy's body the night after her and Riley had sex. So I don't know if there was some sort of intentional symbolism parallel going on here in the costume department. If there is, I don't know what the parallel is supposed to be, but her hair's all curly. She's wearing super oversized one of his shirts, obviously, and those same green vinyl pants. It's like the exact, it might not be the exact same pants, but it, it's the exact same silhouette. Even her hair is like the same type of curly. Like the whole vibe is the same. And I just had to note that. Um, so if you understand what that symbolism parallel might be, let me know. Radio at gmail. M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S. Radio, spelled the normal way. Gmail. Um, let me know, because I would love to know. I feel like I could think that through if I wasn't, you know, so distracted by just thinking about Oz and Willow right now. Okay. What else did I write here? Na, 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 na. Buffy needs to talk about... Okay, Buffy needs to talk to Riley about Angel. So this is another scene of just, like, every interaction between Riley and Buffy in this episode is just kind of leading up to the moment where she realizes she needs to. And she almost tells him. Like, he's like, what's the deal? Why are you mad at me? We just woke up. And she's like, well, you know, not everything is so black and white. You know, the way you reacted about Oz. Like, not all vampires are completely 100% evil. You know, there's nuance. Like She doesn't say the word nuance, but she's starting to say, and he's like, okay, name one vampire that isn't completely evil. And like, before she can answer, Forrest just storms into the room, which as much as Riley and Buffy have been doing it lately, he should not have done that. He might've seen something he didn't, doesn't want to see, you know, cause he's all in love with Riley and everything. But he just like storms into the room and he says like they the night before like somebody attacked and somebody died some kind of monster and there's this like super dumb interaction they basically paint riley into a corner 
in this particular episode. They're they're making him a lot more Mr. Black and White thinking guy than he normally is. Like he's he's come a long way in like the last five episodes or so. Ever since, you know, Goodbye Iowa time, he has made some progress, you know? He's not that guy anymore. But in this episode, they've taken him back a couple of notches, I guess, just for the contrast, just to set up this whole dynamic. But, like, I just didn't like the way that they did this little moment. So so Forrest storms in, and he's like, we have to go now. Like, we lost some men last night. There's the demon, blah, blah, blah. And Buffy says something like, what kind of demon? And Riley just, like, they were literally had it, having a conversation about nuance in demons and vampires and stuff and how they're not all the same and they were literally in the middle of that conversation and when Buffy asks what kind of demon Riley just like snaps at her does it matter and then leaves I'm like wow okay then does it matter like I don't think he deserved the bigot comment the night before but he deserves it in this moment um, what else do we got here? Oh, Buffy goes home. So we see a conversation between her and Willow at this point. Willow is sitting on her bed. So we can assume that she has, you know, had breakfast with Oz and then they parted ways. She's, and I just, I really liked sort of the, the character touch that when Buffy walks into the room, Willow is just sitting on her bed. She's not asleep, but she hasn't been to sleep yet. She's sort of just sitting on her bed. She's cuddling with like the stuffed dog. It looks like Spot. Um, it was like a storybook. Wasn't that a storybook dog, Spot? He was like yellow and cute and simple and he had like one brown spot or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm having a vague memory of a childhood, um, storybook dog but it looked like that dog and she's just cuddling with this little stuffed dog and she has like an afghan on her legs and I liked that touch of like she's just thinking you know it just reminded me of those like those moments in your life when you don't know what to do about like some kind of romantic relationship or something and you, you have some thinking to do so you just cuddle with your stuffed animals and you put a blanket on your lap and you listen to some cure or she wasn't listening to music but you know I, I just like that touch it just it felt real to me so I just had to mention it um and Buffy comes in she's like how did it go with Oz and she says which is nice because she comes in and you can tell that Buffy's like upset because of what just happened with her and Riley. And Willow's like, what's wrong? And she's like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. How are you in Oz? Which is, we just have to, we just have to soak it up whenever we get it. Whenever it's not about Buffy, we just have to soak it up. <laughs> she's like, man, let's not do Buffy drama for once. Let's talk about you, Willow. So I liked that. Um, and she Willow tells her that, like, last night was a full moon. Like, Buffy even brings it up. She's like, wasn't last night a wolf moon? Because Willow says we talked all night. And so Willow knows that it's the full moon. Or Buffy knows that it's a full moon. But Willow didn't, like, put it together. Like, Oz had to point it out to her that it was a full moon. Like, isn't she a witch? Shouldn't she know when the full moon is? You know? Shouldn't she? 
By the way, if you're at all interested in tarot, I'm just going to promote myself for a second. Um, I've decided to start doing a monthly full moon reading for my patrons on Patreon. So like any level of giving, like even if it's just a dollar a month, you'll get that like monthly full moon reading that's just for us. Just, you know, me and the patrons. Me and you, possibly. So if you want to become one of my patrons, um, the links are always in the description notes of my podcast episodes, but it is... Um, patreon.com slash mixtressray, M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna start doing full moon tarot readings. I think it'll be fun. Anyway, okay. So what are we talking about? <laughs> so Buffy comes in and Willow's, and she, she points out that it's a full moon. And Will's like, yeah, he didn't change. He figured out how to not change. And Buffy's like super excited. And she's like, but you're not excited? Why not? This seems really cut and dry. Because everybody's so dense and they don't realize what Tara is to Willow. Um, which, to be fair, in the year 2000, a lot of people didn't realize what. Even though like they were doing a lot of things that do not seem subtle to us now at all, at the time... Like, when did I, I guess I can't really reflect on when I knew because I didn't see seasons four and five at the time that they aired. So I already knew, like, when I started watching season six, when I was able to start watching it again, when it came back to my town or whatever the fucking complicated network shit was, I already, like, the two things that I knew was Buffy died... <laughs> at the end of season five and Willow's gay now. Those are the two things that I knew. Those were the two like spoilers, even though we didn't really call them that back then. Those were the two things that I knew whenever I was able to start watching again at the beginning of season six. So I already knew about Willow. And so I will never know if I would have picked up on it before this moment, before this episode, like were people not I mean, I guess there was that moment a couple of episodes ago when Tara s said to Willow, I'm yours. Essentially, that was probably the moment that people realized kind of what was going on. But no one around Willow has realized it until this episode. So this is where Willow and Buffy specifically talk about it. I think... I mean, I could be misremembering, but I don't think we see an interaction between Willow and anyone else. I think that the whole, like, this is the whole I'm gay now conversation, even though it's not, it's not that obvious that this is that conversation. You know, it's, it was done really well for the year 2000, I think. I really think this was a really well done and subtle coming out conversation because they didn't even really make it a coming out conversation. They just made it a, this is who I love now conversation. And I think that for the year 2000 is smart because I think, especially for a character that we have seen genuinely love and be passionate about men who is now genuinely in love with and passionate about a woman. Like, it's it's kind of a like a sticking point for me that like Willow was never defined as bisexual. Um 
because there is a lot of bisexual erasure in pop culture like we just don't get to see it very often um and that's that is being rectified like that's not as bad as it used to be for sure but the whole like you have to be gay or straight was kind of the mentality up until maybe the last five-ish years or so as far as like most pop culture is concerned so and you know the whole thing with willow is that like she starts self-identifying as gay from this moment forward like we will never like in the comics in the show like tara was it for her and then she just never ever wanted to date men again for me that sort of cheapens what she had with oz to not acknowledge some form of bisexuality however it was pointed out to me a long time ago on like a Buffy forum is like, well, the thing is she self identifies as gay and whether or not that makes sense with the consistency of her character and the way she was written or whatever, whatever, like as far as like, if we were in real life right now, we would have to just accept if someone identifies as gay, we would just have to accept that that is how they feel, that that is who they are. And it's not up to us to question like, even though we saw Willow have a genuine, real attraction and love and real 100% relationship with Oz, and she has that with Tara, she self-identifies as gay, therefore she is gay. Although it seems to me like if I had had a very 100% real relationship with a man and with a woman that I would call myself bi. You know, I call myself bi even though I haven't had a 100% real relationship with a woman, but I still call myself that because, and I guess it's just hard for me to see it as, as black and white, as gay or straight, because I would think of myself as pan. Um, I would think of myself as gray sexual pan romantic. That's how I define myself. If you're into those, that kind of specificity, but... None of the candles have gone out yet, but two of them are, are getting close. Um, okay. Anyway, that's just like a complicated, like I wasn't planning to get into the whole like, is Willow bi? Is she gay? She's gay because she defines herself as gay. I mean, that's just the end of that conversation, honestly. Even though if I were her, I would define myself as being bi. But that's, it's not me. <laughs> And I guess, I mean, it's not like every relationship you've ever had in the past doesn't count if you're gay either. I mean, that's just a perspective that I don't necessarily know, you know, like it doesn't, I, I guess I, I need to accept my own limitations of it doesn't delegitimatize Willow's relationship with Oz just because she's never going to date a man after this. Like, what she had with him was real, even if she is gay. You know? Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Nuance. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, Buffy comes home, and she's like, what's the deal? Why is this... Why are you not, like, over the moon happy? And Willow's like... She's very honest about it. This is another thing. Like, Willow's very emotionally, like... 
evolved. That's the word I was thinking of. She's very emotionally evolved in this episode. She like tells Will, she tells Buffy exactly what she's feeling. And then later in the episode, she tells Oz exactly what she's feeling. She tells Tara exactly what she's feeling. She, and it's kind of uncharacteristic of Willow. Like usually Willow's pretty immature emotionally. Usually she hides things from people. Like we don't really ever see her as emotionally evolved as we see her in this episode ever again maybe or ever before I don't know let me know if you guys disagree but like she just handles this whole thing very well like she's very confused but she is very honest about how she feels with everyone involved and she tells Buffy and she's not even like I I like that they decided to they didn't make her like ashamed of how she feels about Tara she, you know, she doesn't look like she's nervous about coming out to Buffy or anything like that. She just tells it like it is, you know, like she's a little hesitant because she hasn't actually said it out loud yet, but it's not like a huge, like, thing. They don't make a huge thing out of this conversation. And I really like that. So Willow just says, well, you know, I... I forgot exactly how she said it, but she just, she said it was complicated was one of the things that she said. And Buffy reacted with, why complicated? And Willow said, it's complicated because of Tara. Like she sort of takes a breath. She lets it hang there. It's complicated. Like maybe she was deciding whether or not she was even going to talk to Buffy about this, but then she decides to just do it. Just lay it all out there. And she says, it's complicated because of Tara. And Buffy takes a second. She's like, what are you talking about? Does Tara have a crush on Oz? And then she's like, oh, oh, oh. And then she sort of like gets a little nervous and she stands up and she starts saying Willow's name a bunch. Will, oh, Will, that's fine, Will. You should follow your heart, Will. And she just kind of freaks out a little bit. And Willow's like, are you freaky? Like she, it's just so cool that she, like, it's like she didn't think that Buffy would react badly. And then she's like a little worried that she is, but she's kind of disbelieving it as well. Like they really aren't the insecurities that Willow would normally have. I feel in an emotionally charged moment of like speaking her truth because she's been very much like a secret keeper. Like she doesn't want to tell people things that they don't want to hear. That's been her character most of the time. So the fact that she's not being a little bit more, twitchy like she would normally be in this particular situation. I think it's cool that this is the way that they're handling it. I don't think it's necessarily consistent with Willow's character, but I think it's cool that that's the way that they're handling it. And so she asks Buffy, are you freaked? And then Buffy's like, no, oh no, no, absolutely no to that question. So she, she basically just like freaks out momentarily and then she recovers and she's like, doesn't matter. You should do what you want to do to be happy. Like, why am I reacting like this? <laughs> she just like checks herself immediately and comes back around. And it's an interesting little moment because sometimes when I, I like that sort of evolution, like there was, okay, this is like not the same thing, but it's kind of a parallel situation. I had someone that I've known since I think we were 17, we're the same age, and we met on a vampire chat room. <laughs> we never actually met in person, actually, because 
Um, they live in London, but I knew this person as she up until about five years or so ago when he came out as trans. And there was this like really cool thing that he did where he basically, he told everyone and he was like, I totally understand if you're going to get the genders wrong, like do the best you can. And he was very accepting of the time that it took people that have known him for a long time to adjust. And then after about, I don't know, maybe two or three years, maybe not quite that long, but it was at least two years. He like made an announcement on social media that like, okay, I've been, I, I totally understand that this has been an adjustment period for everyone, but you guys have had X amount of time now. So from now on, I'm going to expect you to get the genders right. Like I've been very, and he was, he was very sweet, very accepting, very patient with everybody's questions and um, all that stuff. And at that point, he just set a very clear boundary that like from now on, you're going to get the genders right because I've given you a lot of time and you know what this is. You've had time to adjust. So do it. <laughs> um, I, I really liked that. I thought that was just the sweetest thing to just like, even though it's, you know, not his responsibility to make sure that everyone else adjusts to who he fucking is and always has been. But he decided to be really sweet and give people a couple of years to adjust. And then he set a clear boundary. And I just thought that was the coolest thing that, you know, I mean, this is not the same thing at all, but it just reminded me of that for some reason. Like, it's just, it's nice to see a little moment of someone kind of freaking out, finding out something about someone that you know that you didn't think of, um, and then reeling yourself back in and like seeing that evolution happen. And it happened really quickly, you know, that, that whole conversation of Buffy kind of freaking out for a second and then realizing what's going on and pulling herself back around, like, absolutely not. You should be happy. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, it, it was just cool to see that process play out. You know, they didn't, I'm kind of glad that they didn't play it like she was immediately accepting or like she knew because 20 years ago, that was not the mindset. It was like, I'm so glad that now it's, it's not even, I feel like it's not even like, I feel like the question now is like, I feel like when you meet someone now, it's like you're, you might just kind of ask, who are you interested in? You know, like, are you interested in boys? Or are you interested in girls? Or are you interested in both? Like, it's not, it's not necessarily, it's a question until you know now, whereas back 20 years ago, the assumption was that everyone was just straight. And there were some people that every once in a while went against the norm and were gay. You know, it's, it's, it was so much more binary 20 years ago. So the fact that they showed Buffy kind of, I like that they didn't show her like being totally cool with it from the very beginning, but they showed her just sort of like, what? Uh, oh, okay. All right. Okay, you go, girl. You know, I like that transition. I don't know. 
I just, I thought that they did this really gracefully for this being the year 2000. So thank you, Marty Noxon. Okay, that's, I'll just like move on from that. Um, I would have, I'm sure that anyone out there that's listening that has had their own coming out stories in their life um, would have a lot more intelligent things to say about that conversation. Definitely let me know if if you have any anything to add to this conversation that you want me to share, because I would love to do that. Um, again, mixtressradio at gmail is where you can email me. Um, okay. And then they just sort of have like a really frank conversation where Willow's like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like, I feel like, you know, Oz and I talked all night and I felt all the old feelings coming back, but you know, it's different with Tara. And like, it's, she even says, it's not something that I was looking for, but I'm so happy that she's here. Or she says something to that effect. And I don't know what to do. You know, she says, I don't want to hurt anyone. And Buffy, who should take her own fucking advice. <laughs> Obviously, that's why this line is here. But Buffy says, no matter what, someone's going to get hurt. You just have to be honest or it's going to be a lot worse. It's going to get a lot worse or something like that. And so obviously she needs to take her own advice in that moment because <laughs> she needs to be honest with Riley about Angel. And like, I used to think like, why does she have to fucking tell Riley about Angel? But she does. She does because they're both in the demon fighting business and she needs to let Riley know if he's actually an important boyfriend. He needs to know some things about her past, which she will say later. Um, I do think that it makes sense for her to tell him that. I used to not get that. Like, why does she feel like she needs to fucking tell him that shit? I get it now. I do. Um, next. Okay, so we have the obligatory spike scene like lately like in the episodes it's been like there's been an obligatory spike scene in every episode and he totally steals the show every time and then there's been an obligatory adam scene in the episode which is always like oh my god why is he still here this episode we get i mean we get a couple of scenes with spike later but um it looks like this is the first scene that we get with spike and Adam, and so it looks like they're combining the obligatory Adam and Spike scenes into one. So basically, Adam has gone to Spike to team up with him, and we don't know exactly what their plan is, but that's the scene. And then later, Spike shows up at Giles's house, and like we don't know what his angle is, but Adam is helping him, and Adam's kind of said to him, like, you should be on Buffy's side, and like we don't know what the fuck the angle is, but whatever. So the obligatory Adam scene happens here um next scene willow goes to talk to tara and again like she she is just uncharacteristically open and honest and i love this like she goes to tara and she says you know oz and i talked all night nothing happened um i don't know how i feel like he really was the person that i you know he was the thing that I wanted. And now that he's here, I don't know what I want. And I wish that I knew. And she's just extremely open about it. And Tara's super sweet and accepting, of course. And they hug and Willow's crying. And I just think this is so mature. Like, who does that? Whenever you're like in a moment of not knowing who to be with, 
who just like straight up goes and tells a person, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know if it's going to be you or him. I don't know. Like, I just think, who does that? Like, this whole episode is just lots of emotional maturity from every angle, <laughs> you know? Um, not really from Buffy and Riley's perspective, but, like, emotional maturity coming from Willow, which we'll probably never see again. Emotional maturity coming from Tara, always and forever. Emotional maturity coming from Oz, always and forever. Like, wow. I don't know. Just, we'll never see this much emotional maturity in any episode of Buffy ever again. So I guess we got to spend some time talking about that. Uh, I've already been talking for over an hour. Okay. <sighs> okay. Where are we? Where are we in the notes? Um, and then we get, okay. So this, I mean, I get that like they didn't have all the time in the world to make this shit happen, but the scene between Oz and Tara kind of bugs me like he gets really aggressive really fast and Willow's just super meek and understanding about it overall and the way that she reacts feels a little uncharacteristic I don't know this whole scene like I get it that we're supposed to see that Oz can smell Willow on Tara and he overreacts and he turns into a wolf again. Like, the whole point of that scene is just that, like, he actually doesn't have his shit under control as much as he thought he did. And that's the whole point of the scene. But the way that it was executed just kind of bugged me because... Tara starts saying things to Oz that I think are just kind of weird. Like, as if she's the other woman and she's trying to, like keep up appearances or something and she's I just don't see Tara as being like deceitful in any way at all whatsoever but the way that she reacts whenever he's like I can smell her do you know that you smell like her you know like and he starts getting like aggro and she says I, I just want you guys to be very very ha happy and it's I mean I get that she's all stuttery and nervous I totally get that. But the fact that she just starts like saying things like, I hope that that's, oh, you're coming back to school here, that it's going to be really great for you and Willow. And I hope that you guys are really happy. And like, I, I don't know, I guess she was just like nervous talking, but I don't know, that seemed a little weird to me. But anyway, I'm probably just like focusing on in on details that I should not be focusing so much on. Anyway. Um... So he turns into a wolf. He just like gets really angry and he like grabs her and he starts turning into a wolf and, and he chases her into a classroom and like putting Tara in danger is the new putting Willow in danger, you know what I'm saying? And she's running from him and then the initiative guys come in and they trank him and take him away. And I really hated how dismissive they all were towards him. Like Riley was there. It was Riley, Forrest, and Graham probably, I don't know, there was somebody else there. I, I don't remember. They didn't have a line, but Forrest ends up like saying to Tara, like, you're just in shock. Like we know what we're doing. And he just like interrupts her and shuts her down and then leaves. Like if there were actually a person that was just chased down by a wild animal, like you would think that they would have better bedside manner and they would be more proactive about taking care of the person that was just being 
pursued, even though she wasn't literally attacked because she got away and they saved her or whatever. But like, I don't know. I hated the way that he dealt with her and Riley was there and he ignored her. He didn't even like say anything to her. And Riley would be making sure that Tara was okay. So this is just like totally uncharacteristic of Riley to just be so focused on taking down this random, like he doesn't know it's Oz, but he should at least know that it's a werewolf, right? And he knew that Oz was a werewolf, but that was never even brought up. It was just like, who is this demon creature? This could have been the person that killed our guys last night. And it's like, what? <sighs> Again, don't look too hard into the plot of Buffy episodes because it will just make you angry. Okay. Um, where are we? I'm not trying to move past that, but I just hated the way that Forrest treated Tara in this moment. He's like, it's okay. You're just in shock. We know what we're doing. Okay. Bye. Like what? Like assuming that this is anyway. Okay. Let's, let's, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Um, Tara, because she is amazing, she, like, she tried to, like, tell them, that's, that's a person, that's Oz, you know, like, she tried to tell them, but they just shut her the fuck down, and so she immediately goes and finds Willow and tells her what's going on, and she's just the best, you know, she didn't have to do that, he was her rival, he's her rival, you know, <laughs> she didn't have to do that. I mean, she did have to do that because she's a good person. Like, there's never a single moment in the entire time that we will get to love Tara that she is not 100% above board. Like, Tara forever, you know? Oh my god, I love her so much. Okay. My next note is Minty Mug. I always have to point it out. It's still there, you guys. It is in nearly every episode the minty mug like hopefully it sticks around like i don't think i've ever paid as much i know i've never paid as much attention to the minty mug as i have been during this rewatch project but i'm so glad it's still here i am really seriously going to be upset when it's gone um oh my god and then my next note is tinfoil everywhere like come on this whole initiative set like they seriously how is it that a show that can get pretty much every single person's room down so well like basically i mean the set department or whoever is involved in that shit they know what they're doing and they're really good at it like tara's room is perfect giles's house is fucking perfect like angels like crazy frank lloyd wright mansion or whatever like it's ridiculous that he would have that but it fit him it worked like how is it that all of the sets can be so perfectly matched to who, but they can't get the initiative right? They're just like, I don't know. These are weird army scientist guys. Let's put tinfoil everywhere. Like what? No, it looked so terrible. Like, could they not have gotten like just a concrete room or something? Like why the foil? Why? I don't know. It's so shiny. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, so they've taken Oz back to the initiative and they're just being awful to him. They're being awful. And Riley is being very much a bigot at this point. It's like Buffy calls him a bigot and then he becomes one. So he's like pointing a gun at Oz like, 
they're one of the guy one of the scientist guys is like we're still doing tests we don't know if this is the same creature that killed our guys last night or whatever and riley's like do we care i'm gonna kill him anyway and he pulls a gun on him to his credit as soon as oz turns from werewolf back to human as riley's pointing the gun at him he puts the gun down he's like oh my god that's oz but like the entire setup of him being such a bigoted asshole in this moment was just to show that he would stop immediately as soon as he recognized oz like anyway anyway um, they start electrocuting Oz to see if that, because they've never had a werewolf before, and they're like wondering what turns them and blah, blah, blah. And so they electrocute him and he turns back into a werewolf and like, they're just torturing him. And this is when Spike shows up at Giles' house when Buffy, it's like Buffy and Xander and Anya and Giles and Willow. And they're all like trying to figure out what to do. They need to get Oz back, but they can't get a hold of Riley. Riley's not calling Buffy back and blah, blah, blah. And Spike shows up and he's like, I can get you in because they're trying to figure out how they're going to get into the initiative. And so they decide to reluctantly trust him and they go with him. And it's, it's nighttime now. Oz is next scene oz is naked in a cell and riley does the right thing he breaks into the cell and he brings him some clothes and he starts trying to get oz out but then he gets caught and he ends up getting put in a cell too so they don't get out so they have to they get broken out by buffy and everybody and um it's a whole thing <laughs> Um, the new general guy, I don't think we've met him yet. Who knows? They all look the same. Um, he like has a confrontation with Riley at one point when he's putting him back putting him in a cell after he tries to get Oz out. And, um, he like tells him like, you need to get away from that girl. They're anarchists and you're going to ruin your entire career. If you stay with, if you stay with her, like I'm going to root like I whatever he calls them anarchists and he says no woman is worth that and it's like oh so of course we hate that guy um blah 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 riley has to make a choice <laughs> i wrote that in the notes um <laughs> i really liked um so they're like spike willow xander and buffy are going they're the ones that storm into the initiative and Spike is dressed up in like army gear and they're like, Buffy's like, I'm so going to kill you if you're taking us, if you're not taking us to the right place, you know, if you're fucking with us right now. And, um, oh, one of my candles went out. It happened. <laughs> and because I'm me, I had to pause it and replace it with a new candle. <laughs> okay. Um, I need to get through this, you guys. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's see, where are we? No woman is worth that. Okay, so they're storming in there and Spike is like wearing an army green outfit. And um, Willow says, you do sort of look like an evil olive. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Evil olive. Um, for some reason that always puts the um, 
Rufus Wainwright's Evil Angel. It puts that song in my head, except it's like, Evil Olive. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, Anya and Giles are shutting down the power in, like, a huge fucking sector because it goes down at Giles's house whenever they're talking about, let's shut it down at the initiative and the surrounding university area. And then it shuts down the power at Giles's house, too. And like Willow had shown them how to do that remotely or whatever. And Anya, this is a cute little moment. Like it's, it's Anya at the computer and Giles is like telling her what to do or something. And the power goes down. And then Anya is like, slap my hand now. <laughs> Cause she's talking about like, you know, high five. And they have this really awkward moment. Like neither of them have ever done a high five before. And it's just funny. This is probably the first time we've ever seen Giles and Anya together as like, you know, a scene duo. And like, I love it every time it happens. I think this is, I think this is the first time. Um, let's see. Okay. Slap my hand now. Um, okay. And then when they, when Buffy gets there and she's like breaking out Riley, he has a moment where he like grabs her arm and he's like, Buffy, if I leave now, I can't ever come back. And she just kind of like looks at him really wide eyed. Like, I don't know how to react to this. We need to go. And he says, okay, I just needed to hear that out loud. So this is a nice moment. Like we're really, you know, we're getting there. We've got three episodes left of this entire season. So the fact that he is still involved with the initiative, like I remember it happening way sooner. Like every time I see the title of Goodbye Iowa, I think, oh yeah, this is the one where he leaves the initiative. No, he doesn't. He doesn't leave. He's still there. He stays for a long time. Um, and this is the moment that he finally like gets out. Um, okay. I'm getting distracted by candles. Okay. Um, the whole, like, I, I wrote this down when Buffy she's holding the like general dude or whoever it is whoever's in charge whoever took professor walsh's place that just showed up even though she's been gone like five episodes or more um she's holding him at crossbow point <laughs> in order to get everything done that she needs to get done um and she says i'll pull a william burroughs on your leader here and, and Xander says, you'll bore him to death with free prose? I had to look that up because I knew William S. Burroughs wrote, like, Naked Lunch, and I tried to read it once, and it was just, it was too much word salad for me. Just, like, I mean, no shade if you like William S. Burroughs or David Foster Wallace, but, like, both of them seem like, okay, you're really into yourself, and there's a lot of words, but I don't get it. Like, fine if you get it, but I never get it. <laughs> I do not get it. Tried to read Naked Lunch, did not get it. But I didn't know the story here. Luckily, Nikki Stafford, she never lets down. I knew that it would be in her episode guide. So basically what it was, was um, the thing that they're referring to there, because Buffy says, was no one else paying attention in English class that day? Apparently the situation is that William S. Burroughs was like i'm sure he was on drugs because that was his thing he was like trying to shoot an apple off of his girlfriend's head and he missed and killed her 
So he was like tried for murder or something? Was he convicted? What did it say? Like there wasn't a whole lot of details, but just what it said here was. Okay, let me see. I'm just going to read what it says. Was charged with murder. So charged with murder. So probably not convicted. When he tried to shoot an apple off his wife's head with a gun. Okay, not girlfriend. Wife. And missed. So that was the entire sentence. So I don't. I didn't look up to see like more details of that situation. But I didn't even know that. Um, so I just wanted to let you guys know in case you didn't know as well. So they show up to... S- after she, after they gather together Riley, they track down Oz and they get him out and um, Willow starts to like run up to him and he starts changing. So he's like, no, stay away from me, Willow. Like it's Willow that's triggering him. Like it's the fact that, you know, he's just not as emotionally contained still. After everything he's been through, he's not as emotionally contained as he would like to be. And this is, you know, I I always think about this episode as the one where Willow has to choose between the two best partners on Earth. But, you know, the choice is actually kind of obvious now that I'm watching it and really paying attention and taking notes and all that stuff. Because... Oz, you know, that trigger thing that he said before where he was like, I can be what you need now. I changed for you. I'm different now. And then we find out that he still doesn't have it all under control. And it's not like he needs to not be a werewolf anymore. Like, you know, he didn't need to be something else for her, but that's how he interpreted it. Um... And I just think it's, he didn't actually do what he needed to do. Like he, he took that journey and he figured out how to suppress the wolf, but that's not really the right answer either. Is it? I forget. Like we only see him in the comics like one or two times. I forget how that plays out, like how his identity, like how he made peace with the wolf and shit like that. Like, does he eventually get full control over the wolf and whether or not he lets it out? I don't know. I I can't remember if they dealt with that in the comics or not. Um, if you guys remember, let me know. (laughs) Um, but he's, he's not there yet. You know, he hasn't figured it out yet. So it actually is kind of an easy choice. Like Willow doesn't have to like make spend a bunch of time deciding what she wants to do because in the end Oz doesn't have it all figured out and he's he's made his changes with himself for her benefit and you you just can't do that you have to make your decisions for you not for someone else um or else it just doesn't stick you know um where are we Oh, Riley doesn't ask why Spike is there. Like, isn't this probably the first time that he's seen Spike with them? Apart from that one time a long time ago where he was like, do I recognize you or something? Like, who is... Did they ever actually... Did Was there a conversation where they explained to Riley the whole Spike situation? It's possible. But I feel like Riley wouldn't have just accepted that. I don't know. I don't remember. But I feel like it was weird that, like, Spike was just there and Riley doesn't say anything. He's just kind of in the background. 
in the in this scene. Um, anyway, whatever. Um, there's a great moment where like he has a confrontation with the general dude, and he because the general dude had called Buffy and her her people anarchists, and he's like, "What are you What are you gonna do now? You're a dead man." And Riley just says, "No." I'm an anarchist and punches him and it's it's nice. It's a nice little moment of closure for Riley and I like that. I like that he's finally out of there, you know? It I can't believe it didn't happen until fucking now, but I'm glad it's happened. And then the next scene is Riley camping out in Sunnydale High. Like what? That's such a weird choice. Like the initiative doesn't know I mean, they don't know where Xander's house is. They, I mean, they do know where Buffy and Willow live. Um, I don't know, it's just a weird choice that they would put him here. But I guess just because it makes such a nice depressing backdrop because he's going to have kind of an existential crisis in the next episode, I think, if I remember correctly. So yeah, sure, put him in the old burned out Sunnydale High School. Why not? But it just seems like an odd choice. Like, why would he go there? Why wouldn't they just, like, go to the Fleabag Motel that Faith used to stay in? Like, why? Why here? <laughs> but whatever. So he's camping down, camping out in Sunnydale High. I liked the little touch that, like, Buffy's sitting on a cooler and she's drinking, like, from a thermos lid. Like, what? Did Giles pack for them? He probably did. He probably packed a thermos full of tea for, even though he probably didn't think they were actually going to drink it, but Buffy is. And I just like that little touch of Buffy drinking from a thermos lid while sitting on a cooler, <laughs> like they're camping. I just, I don't know. I just enjoyed that. Um, and then Riley just says straight up, I was wrong about Oz. You know, it's not black and white like that, um, especially when it comes to love. And Buffy, and he says, you know, I was a being a bigot. And Buffy says, no, you weren't. You were thrown. You found out Willow was in an unconventional relationship and you had a momentary Wiggins. It happens. <laughs> like, yep, over-identify much, Buffy. And then she takes the plunge. Like, she says, I have to tell you some stuff about my past and it's not all stuff you're going to like. So finally, Buffy's going to be honest with Riley. Like, not the best timing, Buffy. Like, he's kind of having an existential crisis right now. He just left his job and he's staying in an old burned out high school. Like, is now the moment? I guess now is the moment because it just hasn't happened. And now is the time, I guess. But sure. Okay. And then the very... Not the very last scene, but the next to the last scene. It's Oz and Willow in his van. And it's just... It's such a beautiful scene. Like, I mean, if we could all... If all relationships could end like this. Yes, they're painful. But everybody's listening to everybody. They're being respectful. There's crying and hugging if every relationship could end like this i'm oh, it's just so beautiful it's the most beautiful closure to a relationship ever 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 you know and there's some parallels in this conversation to um when he left her a few months ago except that was just devastating sadness and this is solace it's different 
and uh, it's just such a beautiful scene. Um, let's see, what did I write about it? Oz starts saying, or Willow starts saying to Oz, you know, like, I wrote you so many letters, you know, um, and Oz responds, it was stupid for me to think that you'd just be waiting. You know, of course he says that, like, of course. And Willow says, I was waiting. And then oh, she says the sweetest thing. I feel like some part of me will always be waiting for you. And then she says like this little story about like if, when she's really old, if she turns a corner in Istanbul and she sees him, she won't be surprised because you're with me, you know? And just that sentiment of like, some people will just always be with you. Like a part of them will always be a part of you, no matter if you never see them or talk to them ever again. Some people are just that important. Like we can have soulmates that aren't with us forever. You know, um, there's this great zero seven song. Um, I can't remember the exact lyric, but it's called passing by. Um, I mean, it's just a really simple lyric, but, um, how am I to make a judgment on your life when I'm just passing by? And it's like, she's realizing that, oh, you don't love me anymore. And we're going to part, but you know, like it, I don't know. It's just check that song out. Like it's really simple lyrics and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, um, passing by by zero seven. It's this moment reminds me of that. Um, even though it's, it's not the same situation, but anyway, <laughs> um, where am I? Okay. The stupid to think you just be waiting. I was waiting. And she just says, you know, like you're with me you know, and he gets it totally. And they, and he says something like, yeah, I get it, but it's just not that time now, is it? And Willow says, no. And they hug and it's this beautiful, long, affectionate, like nuanced, emotional, like closure, breakup, hug, and it's everything. That hug is everything and it is so sad and heartbreaking to see Oz go but it's time to make way for Tara you know it's not your time it's not your time and just like having that like you mean everything to me but now's not the time and and it sort of leaves the door open in a way that like TV shows are gonna do you know just the same way that the last episode last next to last episode or whatever it was of Buffy. I think it is the last episode of Buffy, you know, like Angel and Buffy are having a conversation where she's like, you know, Spike is in my heart and you know, so are you and we're not done. Don't worry. <laughs> you and me aren't done. You know, they're leaving it open ended. So there could always be the possibility of Buffy and Angel. And that's what this is because they knew how much we all loved Oz and Willow. You know, they're leaving, they're leaving that tiny little nugget for us, even though Willow and Oz will never, ever, ever, ever get back together. Sorry to spoil it for you guys, but I've read all the comics. It's not happening. Willow is gay now. <laughs> Um, I don't think that's like a huge disappointment to anyone. I mean, we all love Oz, but like, 
it, this is just such a cool example of like we really don't get that very often in pop culture we don't really get the ending and closure of relationships of two people that are actually really really wonderful together and they love each other a lot like sort of the amicable breakup that is not something you see often and it's it's just such a beautiful moment to see them having the closure hug respectfully talking about this the only thing i didn't like about this conversation was that willow started to explain what she feels for tara you know like he said but you're happy and she says, I am. And she should have left it at that. But instead she was like, I can't explain it. And he's like, don't. <laughs> don't fucking explain it, bitch. But that's totally like, that is characteristic of Willow. That she would start to like nerd out about something and not realize that she's being hurtful. Like, that makes sense to me that she would start that. And he's like, no, stop. Stop right now. <laughs> um that's the only part of the conversation that like pissed me off but it's characteristic of willow so i will allow it um but anyway i just let's just savor this moment for a second like painful but necessary painful but respectful painful but closing a door in a satisfying way it's just so fucking sweet and like the whole like he's just gonna get out of here he's just he's just out she's like what are you gonna do now and he's like i'm leaving and she says when and he says pretty much now <laughs> which is an echo to the beginning of the episode whenever somebody asked him when did you get in town and he says pretty much now and i think it's also an echo back to whenever he first left her a few months ago he said he was leaving pretty much now didn't he say that pretty much now i think so i think it's a callback to that moment as well but at the very least it's a callback to the beginning of the episode when he arrived but i don't know i just want to bask in it for a second because it's just so beautiful i know i just like can't like get past it i just their relationship from beginning to end is such a good example you know like even so willow fucking cheated on him and she was awful to him but he i mean i know i said this already but he set healthy boundaries he was like i need space like i love you still but this is this is a big deal i don't know if i can get past it and then he does get past it and they have a really great relationship and like just at every turn when they are renegotiating the terms of their relationship which is mostly from the side of oz because oz is the more emotionally mature one but in every nuance of like when they were renegotiating and what boundaries were being set and like it was a relationship that wasn't it wasn't cut and dry it wasn't the way that you normally see pop culture relationships it wasn't just like fall in love immediately like there was like a feeling out of both of them in this relationship and boundaries and all that stuff and like it was an evolving relationship and this could have been a new sector of that evolution but tara's here now 
and we have to make space for Tara because Tara is extremely important. Like, even though I'm like this whole episode, I'm like talking about how awesome Oz is his boyfriend. That is not to diminish anything towards Tara. Like, I'm taking it for granted that you guys know how much I love Tara and maybe you don't because like we just haven't had her that long. But she is, she is my heart. <laughs> like, I love her so much. And I love... Oz so much too but like I think my ideal situation in life would just get to be Willow in a scenario where Oz and Tara were fine with sharing me <laughs> that would be my perfect world right there <laughs> if I were to be in a fictional world okay another one of the candles has gone out just like in case you guys were counting, two have gone out so far, and one is on the brink. Actually, two of them are on the brink, because my spell candle's almost out. Oh my god, that's how long I've been talking. I've been talking through almost an entire spell candle. Holy crap, you guys. Okay, I need to shut up. We don't have much notes left, so... Yeah, my last notes are Tara and Willow. Um, So... Willow shows up at Tara's place. The power's still out, and Tara's just sitting in the dark, which is so sad. You know that bitch has got, like, 47 million candles. And normally she'd have them lit, but she's kind of sad right now, which makes sense. So Willow shows up to talk to Tara, and Tara thinks that she's there to tell her that she wants to be with Oz. But instead, she apologizes for what she's put Tara through, and she... And Tara says, you should be with who you love. And Willow says, I am. And they blow out the candle and there's implied sexy times. And that's all we get because we don't actually get to see them kiss until season fucking five. Still like two thirds of the way through season fucking five. But because, you know, TV. TV in the year 2000. I am so grateful that like we... I mean, we still haven't seen enough examples of gay, bisexual, pansexual relationships, but I'm so glad that, like, this relationship exists. You know, like, if for nothing else, even if Tara wasn't as amazing as she is, I mean, it was time to let go of Oz because it was time to make space for a lesbian relationship on television. Like, the fact that this was, like, one of the very first, like, is insane to me. Like, I mean, I remember because in the year 2000, I was, I was still in high school. But I, I remember, like, a lot of people didn't come out in high school. And now I think they're coming out so much earlier. And, like, I don't know. Just... The progress that we have, we have made so little progress in society overall, but in the space of making some space and pop culture and just culture in general for gay people, that one thing, at least I can see a marked, marked difference between when I was growing up and now, like People just didn't tell people that they were gay when I was growing up. Like, they kept it to themselves. They repressed it. They pretended it wasn't happening. Like, I even remember when 
you know, I'm old enough. I'm 37. I remember when AIDS was like, you were going to die if you were diagnosed with HIV. You were going to die. And I remember how fucking scary that was. And it's one of the reasons why, like, I have always been, like, super overly cautious about that kind of stuff. Because I was so scared. Um, I just, that is just, like, the one area of pop culture that I feel like has made, I mean, it's still not good enough. Like, we still aren't treating everyone equally like we should be. But that has... I mean, I can see a difference. There's a huge difference between, still not as far as we should be, but there's a huge difference between, like, not being able to tell your family who you are and not being out in your life to being able to get married and it not being, I mean, I feel like it's not a big deal. It probably still feels like a big deal to people that have to, like, be gay in the Midwest and, like in the Bible Belt and all that shit, like, it probably still is a big deal for people. And they, and I know that gay LGBTQIA people still deal with a lot of fucking prejudice, but I can see that it is different. Um, that and, like, piercings and tattoos. Like, I think I talked about that a couple episodes ago. Like, um, People have piercings and tattoos now, and it doesn't, it's like, it's not a huge shocking thing. And people are allowed to be gay now, and that's not a huge shocking thing in most cases. Uh, the, I mean, society needs to just fucking grow up and, like, accept everyone. Like, as long as no one's hurting anyone. I, I know that, like, I don't need to say this to you guys, like, but, I don't know. Anyway, I think the relationship of Oz and Willow is a beautiful example. I think the relationship, you know, the relationship between Tara and Willow is a beautiful example because it's two women. But as far as like, Willow's going to go down a dark fucking path. And really the example of Tara being amazing is bigger than the example of the two of them as a relation. I don't know if willow and tara are necessarily hashtag relationship goals but tara herself is hashtag relationship goals okay let's get into the ratings object of the episode okay i didn't mention this earlier but and i've never noticed it before maybe it's never there before or ever again but i noticed in this episode giles had this gorgeous like purple like batik pillow like throw pillow on his it's one of those like bring your own pillow like that would come as just a pillowcase and it was just beautiful like embroidered batik purple pillow um so that's the object of the episode quote of the episode i don't know it's probably when it's not really a quote but the thing that just sticks out of my mind is when willow called told spike that he looked like an evil olive so I think that's going to be the quote. MVP of the episode. Shit. Um, let's just go with Oz because this is the last opportunity we have to give it to Oz. And because he, despite getting all aggro and like attacking Tara, 
which was not completely in his control, I understand. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Oz because, I mean, he's perfectly respectful of Willow's unsaid boundaries. And we love Oz and we're going to miss him. Um, outfit of the episode. Shit. Tara has a couple of cute, like, um, like, hit, not hippie tie-dyed. It's more like witchy tie-dyed. It's like a specific genre of tie-dye that doesn't look stupid. She has a couple of different tie-dyed shirts in this particular episode. Um, but they still don't know how to wardrobe her correctly because they're giving her like these ridiculous baggy pants. I mean, I get that like right now we're supposed to see Tara as a shy character and like Willow's love helps her blossom and become more confident woman or whatever. But I don't know. Like they just, it's like her wardrobe doesn't match her room. I guess it's because like we're, we're going to have moments with Tara where we see her develop and change in her identity. So yeah. Anyway, there's, I did like Buffy's like green vinyl pants, but she paired it with this other weird shade of green sweater at one point, most of the episode, that's what she was wearing and it didn't make any sense. And I just think nobody had a, and oh, Anya was wearing this awful like knit sweater set thing that just looked they don't know what to put Anya in yet and like this is awful but I think Spike's evil olive outfit was actually the best like I really like olive green slash army green like it's wasted on army dudes because army dudes just like do not deserve such a great color i love it and i think that spike actually looked pretty hot in his like olive green ribbed sweater and pants and it just for some reason it just really popped with the super pale skin and his bleached hair and i was i was into it like we we didn't see it for very long but Unfortunately, that's the best example of a good outfit because the year 2000 was not a good year for fashion for sure. Okay, five by five ratings and then we will be done. Um, treatment of women in this episode, fine, totally fine. Like, did it? Yeah, I passed the Bechtel test because <laughs> Buffy and Willow talked about Tara. Um... And that was probably the only time. Yeah, I don't think there was anything like super sexist about this episode. Obviously there was the general guy that said no woman is worth that. But um, that was obviously supposed to be like, this guy's a jerk. So I'll give it a four for treatment of women. As far as overall enjoyability of the episode, this is an important episode. Like, there are moments that, like, where if I think too hard about the plot, things annoy me and, you know, that kind of stuff that we've talked about. But overall, I'd say this is a very important episode. I mean, I'm not going to give it a perfect score, but it's a good one. It's a four. So I'm going to give it a four. So this episode gets a 16 altogether for the 5 by 5 ratings. 
Thank you for listening to another extremely long episode of What's This Bitch Talking About? I love you guys. You're the best. Thank you for listening to my chair squeak every day. Like, I've been rolling around a lot today. Um, if you guys were taking bets on how many of my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven candles would still be lit at the end of the episode, one, two, three, four, five of them are still lit. <laughs> six. No, five. Five because one of them I replaced. So I actually have six lit at the moment, but that's because one of them I have replaced. Um, nobody cares. Sorry, I talk so much about the fucking candles. I love you guys so much. I will see you next week. We are in the home stretch now. I mean, I think I said that last week too, but we next week we will start talking about Angel again because tonight I should have been talking about Sanctuary, but since we talked about that two weeks ago, um already we're not talking about that tonight um so next week we'll be talking about the buffy episode yoko factor and the angel episode war zone um and then we'll have two more episodes left and then we'll be off for the summer so we'll have to decide from there like if we want to like continue having a podcast and talking about other things or if we just want to take the summer off or what i hope you guys are well and I'll be back next week. Bye!